Welcome into the InvestWell Show. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. We're going to talk on the show today and really unpack the idea of investing outside the stock market. Lots of opportunity out there. You got to look for it. Don't miss it on the InvestWell Show today. All right, so let's jump into it. Investing outside the stock market. You know, this is a conversation that is uh, not one that's had all the time, I think, because people are so inundated with uh, national media and a lot of print and a lot of other things talking specifically about the market. Is the market up? Is the market down? Um, is the market here? Is it there? You know, where is it at? What are the new stocks coming to market? Some of the new IPOs and initial public offerings, they call them. You know, what does that look like? Here's how this stock did on its first day. Here's how, you know, this stock's projected to do. And so there's so much conversation around publicly traded stocks in the public stock market that a lot of times people can be... Um, I guess they get they can get lost in the mix or lost in the reality that they 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 feel or they've heard or think that the stock market is the only game in town. And in fact, the stock market is not the only game in town. And so I think it's important to evaluate where are we investing our money and what opportunities exist outside the stock market. Now, I'm going to share an opportunity or some thoughts on some opportunities that we have seen over the years uh, that have done really, really well for investors. In fact, Many of you may or may not know, but I have in my kind of my other life, uh, I am the owner of several financial companies. In fact, we've uh, had comp those companies have sponsored this show for some time. And you can find out more information on them by heading over to leanonthewall.com. Uh, you can learn about Wall Private Wealth and U.S. Private Wealth and Wall Lehman, all companies designed to help families protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. But when you take a look at investing outside the market, one of the things that I've learned over the years through doing a lot of research around the Yale and Harvard endowment models, they have done really, really well. So we've all heard of the school, you know, Harvard, right? We've heard of that college. We've heard of the college Yale. And what, but what you may not know is their endowment models are worth billions of dollars. And the management of those endowments have really been, quite honestly, very good over the years. One of the reasons that is, is because they choose to think outside the market. They are choosing to not just look at market investments only. And I think that's so important when we take a look at why we do what we do with our investments, why you do what you do with your investments. And I think you have to really evaluate what does your structure look like and are you utilizing any investments that are outside of the market. Now, I know sometimes when you step out into arenas where maybe you're not comfortable being there or it's a little bit newer or you're just a little uncertain, you know, you can ask yourself and say, well, is this really the right thing or is there really opportunity here? Um, am I missing out on something? You know, we can often uh, struggle with um, FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And that's one of the worst things that you can do, <laughs> quite honestly, when it comes to investing. Do not invest with the mindset of FOMO front and center. I'm missing out. Fear of missing out. I missed out on this. I missed out on that. I missed out on this. One of the things that I've learned over the years is there are there's always opportunity. Opportunity somehow seems to always abound, even through negative markets and negative times. I'll give you an example. So, you know, we've all gone through the COVID season and the shutdowns and all of these things that have kind of arisen from the coronavirus pandemic. 
one of the things that I thought is really interesting is if you walk into the airports today, there is a brand new business model in a lot of airports today, and it's these express COVID testing sites. Now, whether you think it's a good idea or a bad idea really is irrelevant. What is relevant is this is a brand new business model that now exists that didn't exist a couple years ago. And what happened is someone said, or multiple people have said, you know what, here's something that's going to be needed uh, so we can kind of test and kind of get by some of these things. And uh, we're going to create a model around that because this is going to be here for some time. It's just so interesting that when you look at economies and when you look at markets, whether the markets are strong or whether the markets are bad, there often are new business opportunities that arise. If you've heard of the Hilton restaurant or Hilton uh, hotel chain, right? Conrad Hilton. You may not know this, but Conrad Hilton actually bought um, a really, really popular hotel in New York the Waldorf Astoria, back during the Great Depression. Why? Because they were prepared, they were financially ready, and they were ready for the downturn, and when it happened, they acted upon it. So just remember this, I think, when you're going down your list of where you're investing and why. Remember that money doesn't go away, it just moves. So I want to talk about the some of the things outside the market that I mentioned. We, uh, over at the U.S. Private Wealth Company, uh, are in a situation where we've seen some families and, and clients that have done really, really well with some of the real estate investments that exist out there, some multifamily-type opportunities. And some of these investments have earned, quite honestly, uh, north of 15, 18, 20% a year. Now, it doesn't happen all the time, and not every investment you know, is going to do that every, every single time. But if you do the research and you find quality deals, there are opportunities that can yield that type of potential. Again, nothing is guaranteed, but it can yield that type of potential. And we've seen some properties that have been sold in some of those deals that have actually yielded more than that type of return because there's been a lot of quality research that's been put in. So I guess my question to you when you take a look at that is, okay, should you be involved in something like that? And how do you get involved in something like that? And um, how large is the deal size? What, how large should the deal be? Now, those might be some questions you'd be like, okay, I don't really know the answers, though, Mike. How, how do I find the answers to that? Well, one of the ways that you can determine this, some of these investments, quite honestly, are set aside for what's called accredited investors only. Now, if you're not familiar with that a terminology, an accredited investor is simply someone that has a million dollars of investable assets or liquid assets uh, where they can invest into this type of an investment. There's another definition of an accredited investor, and that is someone who has an income that's at least a couple hundred thousand dollars a year or more. So if you fall into or really land into one of those two categories, you are considered an accredited investor, which means you have the capability or the ability, really, to go in and invest in some of these types of investments that uh, are outside the stock market. So that's number one, who should get in. Number two, uh, what size and, and, and is it right for you? Well, when you take a look at whether or not these deals are right for you, one of the things that you need to understand is when you invest into direct real estate opportunities, whether they're multifamily or whether they're data centers or whether they are uh, storage facilities or something of that sort, you have to know that any type of real estate deal, whether it's uh, ground-up development or whether it's a, um, uh, 
existing property that's being bought and refurbished. Uh, and there's so many different ways that these can be done. Whatever the deal is, you have to think through, this is going to be a period of time because real estate takes time for it to really come to full fruition. Think about it this way. Let's say you were going to go out and you were going to go buy a duplex and you had some money set aside and you were going to go invest in a duplex um, property and you bought that property and you wanted to try and find something that needed some repair, right? It was kind of a, a fixer-upper, if you will. It wasn't crazy horrible, but it wasn't great either. So you go and you buy this duplex and you put some money and you invest some money into it. And now all of a sudden this is in a place where it's ready to rent out. So you go and you look for a renter and then you get a renter, uh, and then maybe you rent both sides, and now that both sides are rented, you have renters in each side, and the building's been fixed up, you say, you know what, I think I'm going to sell this because I can get a premium for what I'm actually going to uh, uh, sell it for because I've spent some time to fix it up. Now, if you think about that whole process, that didn't happen overnight, right? It took some time. You had to evaluate the deal and identify which property you want to buy, you had to uh, spend some time and money fixing up the property, whether you did it on your own or whether you had a construction crew that kind of did it for you, right? There's time there to be able to fix that property up. And then there's time to lease that property out to get the right tenant, right? You may go through five or six or eight or 10 or 12 people before you find the right tenant for each side of your duplex that you purchased. But now that you fix it up and, the, and that happened, let's say that took eight to 10 months, maybe a year, and now you found your tenants, maybe that took another four to six months, and now your, your building is, is fully occupied, which means it's cash flowing, it's producing income from the rent that's coming in, and it's paying for itself, which is obviously one of the ways and one of the reasons people buy and will invest in real estate. Now, if you decide to sell it, you can do that and make a little bit of a premium because the house is full, you have money coming in, leases have been signed, property's been refurbed. And so now when someone comes and buys it from you, they are buying a cash-flowing, refurbished property. So literally, it's a turnkey proposition for them where they can come and buy from you the property and just start to receive cash flow because people are renting the facility, right? That's turnkey income. And so when you look at investing in real estate, there's several ways and several things, but where the profit is really made is where you identify markets or different opportunities that need a little TLC. They need a little fixer-upper. They need uh, <clears throat> excuse me, some opportunity or some things poured into them to get them to where they need to be. That's one thing that you can do. The other thing is you want to make sure that you look at a demand market. I talked about multifamily as an example, and one of the reasons that that is hot right now, and I believe it will be for some years, is because uh, people have changed the way they live. People don't live the way they live anymore today. People live maybe in an area for several years, and then they move to another area, right? People don't want to take care of yards, and they don't want to have all of this responsibility like they did before. And so because of that, multifamily property is a big, big deal. There's other types of investment properties as well, but I just want to really encourage you in this show, as we're looking at markets right now, the S&P is floating around 44, 4,500 the day that I'm shooting this show, which is June 21st. Uh, actually, it's after markets. The markets are closed. June 21st, about 5 o'clock. And 
one of the things that I know is the markets are really hitting towards some resistance, the stock market, that is. And one of the things we know and we got to remember is the market only goes one of three ways. It only goes up, down, or sideways, <laughs> okay? That's the only way it goes. Well, the market's been going up for a long time. And typically, uh, when you see a market stall, there's a couple things that can come to the forefront. The first thing that comes to the forefront is you see a lot of speculation wrapped around the stock market. And we are seeing a ton of speculation today. The second thing that you often will see is the markets will start to move into what's called a sideways trend. It may go up a little bit and down a little bit and up a little bit and down a little bit, but it kind of starts to wind out and start to go sideways if you actually drew two parallel lines over the market over a period of a month or a month and a half or two months. After that sideways trend, then the market will go one of two directions. It's either going to go up or it will go down is typically what happens. Again, not always, but that's typically what happens. So the question is, do we think the market's going to go up? Well, my sentiment is there's a greater chance that it would go down because it's been up for so, so long. There's been a lot of money being pumped into the system. There's a lot of challenges coming down the pike, a lot of issues that are potentially going to be happening as well. And so that being the case, I think it's so crucial when you look at your investment structure that you are thinking about investing outside the stock market. Now, listen, if you're out there and you're like, man, I just need some help on that. We've written some Forbes articles on some different things. Uh, we've also written uh, my book, which is Retire Once, Retire Well, talking about how to think differently with your investments, navigating that investment decision to help you think more simply. That's a great guide. It's a simple 110-page book to help you navigate that. And if you're so inclined, if you have more questions, I want to challenge you to reach out to a reliable source that you know has investment opportunities and investment products and, and different variety of structures that they can use to help you think outside the stock market. Again, not that the market is all bad. I'm not saying that at all. We just want to be thinking about ways to invest that is outside the stock market in addition to investing on the market. So if you don't have a resource, then the other thing that I would suggest and challenge is really head over to our sponsors page, which is leanonthewall.com. And you can talk with a team member there to kind of talk through uh, your personal situation. Take 10 or 15 minutes, talk to one of the team members there, and, and talk about what you're trying to achieve, who you are in your story, and what your needs are. And then they can help you assess simply what's the best thing to do. As always, the goal here is to obtain the right information so you can make good decisions. The last thing you want to do is fall into the place of insanity. I think we all know what that is, right? It's keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. You got to do something differently. So that is my challenge for you. Do things different so you can expect and look for different results. Listen, as always, my challenge and goal in life is to help you live on purpose with your wealth so that way you can live with purpose in your life with your wealth, adding value to others around you, and really living a full life of purpose that you can be proud of along the way. While you take care of your income needs, take care of your day-to-day -day needs, have fun on the journey with your wealth, and really grow your wealth in such a capacity that you can be a blessing to others. 
If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe to the show and hit the notification bell so that way you know when the new episodes are coming out, new information coming out, as well as take a minute and share this uh, podcast or show, this link, wherever you're listening to it, with a friend that needs to hear this that's all in the market maybe and says, I need to think differently, but I don't know what to do. That's a great person to share this to. And until next time, I hope you have a blessed week. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Invest Well Show. Please note that this information shared on the show is not investment advisory advice, and it may not be reflective of your personal situation or the needs that you have. If you have questions specific to your financial situation, please make sure that you reach out to an investment advisor directly or a tax attorney or tax coach or CPA to help you with your personal situation. Any additional questions that you may have, please make sure that you seek out a professional to get the guidance needed for your specific situation. Again, all content and information shared on this show is not to be deemed as specific investment advisory advice.